Hi everyone and welcome to this podcast. My name is Jan and I'll be your host today. And I have with me Peter Brucker and Nicole Moore. Dr. Peter Brucker, OAM, is the founder of Defeat Diabetes and not-for-profit organisation Sugar by Half. He is a sports medicine clinician and researcher, formerly the Chief Medical Officer for the Australian men's cricket team, and has held similar roles at Liverpool FC, Melbourne and Collingwood AFL clubs, the Socceroos and the Australian Olympic Athletics team. Peter is currently a Professor of Sports Medicine at La Trobe University. Nicole Moore is an accredited practicing dietitian and founder of Menu Concepts, an organisation providing low-carb nutritional dietetic services to people across Australia. More than 20 years, Nicole has taught people how to reverse chronic diseases such as type 2 diabetes and has helped patients halve their blood glucose and lose weight through a low-carb, healthy fat approach. So hi, Peter and, and Nicole. How are you both today? Good, Jan. Nice to be here. I'm good. Thanks for having us. Great. Well, today we're actually going to be discussing low-carbohydrate diets and diabetes. And Peter, I'm wondering if you could start and please tell us what qualifies as a low-carbohydrate diet and I guess is the consensus on this? Well, we've always said there's no consensus, but I think as time goes on, there's probably a um, reasonable consensus that, that a low-carb diet is probably defined as a uh, there's 130 grams a day or less. Then there's sort of uh, gradings of severity, if you like. I think uh, most people would say a very low carbohydrate diet would be 50 grams per day. And then uh, a ketogenic type diet would be under 30 grams per day. So there's various degrees of, of low carb diets. Okay, thank you for that. And what is the dietary focus in a low carbohydrate diet? I know that probably sounds a little bit obvious, but just for some <laughs> clarification. Well, obviously, it's it's a reduction in, in carbohydrates. Uh, the obvious one is sugar, um, uh, but it's uh, it's not just uh, and not just the obvious sources of sugar. As we know, you know, most processed foods have have contained sugar, so there's a lot of hidden sugar out there. But as well as sugars, uh, I think which everyone agrees on, are probably not great. I mean, it's it's also starches, which are are just basically broken down to glucose anyway. So the the primary uh, is sugars and starches, but really it, it boils down to uh, to uh, to real food, you know, to avoiding processed and ultra processed foods. And if you if you do that, you basically uh, largely reduce carbohydrates. Great, thanks, Peter. Nicole, I'm wondering if we could go on and and, and ask you as a, as a dietitian, would you recommend a, a low carb diet to all clients? And if so, what about those with gout or renal disease, diabetes, cardiovascular disease that are who are within a normal weight, for example? Yes, thanks, Jan. Well, there's a few parts to that question, so I'll sort of work my way through. I I guess um, I do use a low-carb diet approach for many of my patients that come through um, because most of the patients who present to me um, present with chronic disease. And, you know, chronic disease is all about um, where they've got inflammation and insulin resistance, which are, you know, those common underlying culprits. Um, so many people who see me who have polycystic ovarian syndrome, they're struggling with obesity, type 2 diabetes and pre-diabetes and general metabolic syndrome. So a cluster of fatty liver, weight issues, high blood sugars, hypertension and high waist hip 
high lipids and cardiovascular disease. So I guess because I see a majority of those clients coming through the door, they are the ones that we would be, you know, definitely targeting for, you know, as a dietitian for a low-carb approach um, because our aim is to, you know, really lower um, inflammation by reducing the amount of, of sugar that's entering the bloodstream um, and improving insulin sensitivity. Um, even people who come in with a lot of gut issues, um, essentially a lower carb program is, you know, a similar sort of lower FODMAP style program because we're taking a lot out a lot of starch and wheat. So um, I guess they're the cluster of clients that we would use or I would use um, as a low carb dietitian, my, my low carb um, programs for. In terms of maybe someone who's um, got cardiovascular disease but is of normal weight, there's definitely still benefits from following low carb um, because we are reducing, I guess, the sugar that's entering the blood, whether it's from natural or added sources. You know, we know that um, sugar can glycate and damage the cholesterol that's in the blood and make the LDL molecules a lot smaller and denser. So there's still um, benefits even with people with normal weight with cardiovascular risk um, by preventing and damaging the cholesterol. But I certainly would be not wanting people within normal weights to drop weight. So in those um, scenarios, um, I would be encouraging an increase in good healthy fats, the monofats and the polyfats. So, you know, plenty of olive oil and avocado and nuts and seeds and, you know, oily fish um, and seafood and combine that with a low-carb approach um, with fibre to create um, an improvement in health, even if people have a normal weight. Um, and there's studies to show that that low-carb approach, I think the Pure study in, in the Lancet in 2017 actually showed that, um, you know, increasing carbohydrate, increased risk of death and, and um, lowering saturated fat was also increasing risk. So there's definitely benefits with normal weight and cardiovascular disease. And when it comes, I guess, to what you were mentioning with, our, you know, people with gout or renal disease, um, again, a lot of people who come in with those issues still have a lot of other chronic disease issues as well. They might be struggling with um, obesity or diabetes or high blood pressure. And often these conditions can actually, you know, be part of the cause of gout and renal issues. So respectively, I would still apply a low-carb approach to people if they came in with gout or renal disease um, to combat the other diseases that are maybe um, also part of, um, you know, what they're struggling with. Um, but I also might overlap some traditional gout um, uh, strategies where we might be lowering purines in the diet to um, help with managing uh, the uric acid levels. And if it's renal, we would definitely still be looking at if they've got creatinine issues, whether we need to be, you know, checking how much protein they're eating and encouraging, you know, still more good fats. So, um, yeah, I guess that breaks it down into sort of, you know, what type of people we would see and that there's still benefits, whether it's, um, you know, diabetes and pre-diabetes or whether it's, um, you know, people with gout or renal disease um, or cardiovascular disease, there's still um, definite um, reasons why we can be using low-carb as part of that um, and research behind that. Um, uh, but there's still some type of scenarios where we may not use that, um, uh, which, you um, uh, you know, we'll probably talk about uh, a little bit later with, um, you know, what, you know, in some of your questions down the track, but, you know, it might be eating disorders and, um, you know, that we definitely wouldn't be, um, you know, advocating a, a low-carb approach. So 
hopefully that answers sort of all the different parts of your question, Jan. Yes, thank you for that, Nicole. And just staying with you for a moment, I guess the, the opposing question, if you like, was when would you not recommend a low carbohydrate diet? Yeah. So, look, I definitely, you know, one question we always get asked is that, you know, particularly around kids and, um, you know, I guess with kids what we, we definitely advocating, as Peter mentioned, is definitely no sugar and processed foods. Um, and I advocate with a lot of kids more good quality, real animal protein. You know, protein is the most satiating macronutrient. So it drops our hunger hormone ghrelin. It makes, you know, us feel less hungry over a longer window, um, up to three or four hours, whereas carbohydrates, you know, will spike that hunger hormone. So for kids, you know, you know, one in six kids um, is overweight and, and one in 14 obese. So, and this trend is going up. So for kids, we definitely have to take out the sugar and processed food. Um, I wouldn't necessarily take out and advocate a, you know, a very low carbohydrate diet, but I definitely would be advocating a lot more protein. Kids are over snacking, they're over, you know, they're eating off them when they're not hungry. So if we can fill them with lots of protein and, and no sugar, um, you know, that's what I would be, you know, promoting with kids. We know more protein, you know, it's definitely less hunger. And I guess the other reasons we, we wouldn't be advocating low carb is if, you know, we've got pregnant or breastfeeding women um, or patient, patients, as I said, with definitely with eating disorders. Um, however, if you've got someone coming in maybe with gestational diabetes and they've got elevated sugars, definitely, you know, swapping out, you know, sugar definitely and lowering some of their carbohydrates and increasing their protein to try and get some, some better blood sugar control. So I guess they're the group that I definitely wouldn't advocate um, a, a strict low-carb diet for. Um, and um, But the rest, as I mentioned before, is definitely where there's room to help people with chronic disease and, and low-carb. Great. Thank you for that, Nicole. Peter, I was wondering if I could come back to you and get you to tell us about the mobile application to feed diabetes and how did it begin? Well, um, let's go back. You're, you're, uh, this is a probably wondering what a uh, sports physician like myself is doing talking about uh, diabetes, and uh, which is a fair question. Um, and really it was from my own experience. About 12 years ago, I was quite metabolically unwell. I was obese. I was pre-diabetic. I'd had a fatty liver for some time. I had raised triglycerides, raised uh, insulin levels and so on. And I'd heard, uh, you know, little rumours about uh, maybe people have been trying uh, low-carb diets with some effects. So I did a lot of reading and eventually decided I'd give that a go myself. And, uh, and basically, I went on a fairly strict low-carb diet for three months and completely reversed all of my metabolic abnormalities. I lost 13 kilograms in 13 weeks. I uh, reversed my fatty liver that I'd had for 10 years and all my other bloods went back to normal. And so at the end of that, I thought, oh, wow, <laughs> that was uh, pretty impressive. And so I guess, you know, you've got two choices and you can either just say, oh, I'm, I'm all right, mate, and stick to yourself, or you feel as though you should try and sort of spread the word. So I, I sort of started being an advocate for a low-carb diet. And then uh, I guess, you know, the, the elephant in the room, obviously, we, we, always with, with diet and, and low-carb is type 2 diabetes. And uh, and we decided, you know, it was time to try and tackle uh you know, which, I mean, we've heard a lot about pandemics recently, but I think, you know, the type 2 diabetes uh, pandemic is still the biggest epidemic in the world and, uh, and causes more trouble than anything else. I mean, there's nearly 2 million people in Australia with type 2 diabetes, another 2 million with uh, pre-diabetes. Not that you people need to know that, you know that already. But so, um, and, and in looking at the research, there was ample evidence out there that uh, restricting carbohydrate can be a very effective way of managing type 2 diabetes, 
uh, improving glycemic control, and in many cases, putting their type 2 diabetes into remission. But then we sort of looked at, uh, well, what sort of mobile uh, web-based or app applications were there out there in, in the rest of the world? And and there are two very successful programs, one in the UK uh, run by diabetes.co.uk that's had over 450,000 people do their low-carb program. And then it's, it's, uh, it's now an app-based program and it's approved by the NHS now and it's been incredibly successful. There's a similar program in the US called the Verta Health uh, Program and both these uh, programs have published the results of their uh, of the people who have been on their app-based program and they've had dramatic results, greater than 50% uh, remission, uh, getting off medications, getting off insulin and so on. Quite uh, remarkable results. So we thought, well, maybe it's time to do an Australian version of, uh, of a low-carb app-based program. So uh, we got together uh, during you know, lockdown in Melbourne a couple of years ago. <laughs> that was my lockdown project. Got together with uh, Dr. Paul Mason, a colleague of mine in Sydney, and Nicole, and uh, we put together um, an app-based program that consists of dozens of hours of videos, uh, numerous articles, meal plans, recipes, cooking demonstrations. Everything that someone with type 2 diabetes would, uh, would need to firstly understand the, the problem, and secondly, practical ways in which they can uh, they can manage it with a restricted carbohydrate uh, eating. And um, we launched that uh, the app uh, 12 months ago. In the next few months, we're going to launch a web-based uh, version of it, because we believe that in the demographic, you know, there are there are certainly older people who maybe would feel more comfortable with a web-based program than with an app-based program. So we'll have both those programs uh, up and running. And um, and the app was launched uh, last uh, last January. It's uh, freely available. Um, it's you can have you have a uh, ten day a fourteen day free trial when you uh, when you go onto it, and then when you subscribe, it's uh, for uh, patients is a hundred dollars for twelve months, so that's two dollars a week, half a cappuccino a week. I always uh, say, and uh, that's uh, we think is is pretty reasonable. Uh, we're just trying to cover the costs that we uh, we've incurred in, in setting the uh, the app up, and. Um, uh, you know, we believe that uh, in particular, you know, I think one of the issues that we have as practitioners, and, and I'm sure your practitioners have the same issue, is that, you know, we only see a patient once a month or once every two months or once every three months or whatever. And what's always worried me is what happens in between time. And we might give them handouts and things like that. But we believe this app is a great sort of uh, adjunct to uh, to the management of patients with type 2 diabetes from their doctor, from their dietitian, from their diabetes educator and so on. In between times, they can go away, look at, uh, read some of this uh, material, look at the videos, use some of the recipes, some meal plans and so on, which will just complement the work that uh, the other practitioners are doing. So we're pretty excited about it. We're, uh, yeah, we're, we're full steam ahead. We've had over 5,000 subscribers in the, in the 12 months that we've been going, which, you know, is only a small proportion of the 2 million people, but uh, we've got to start somewhere and, and the numbers are increasing all the time. So we're, we're pretty excited. And as well as that, we, um, all the people who sign up become part of the Defeat Diabetes community. There's a, there's a very active Facebook group where we do uh, lots of uh, chats on, on Facebook. Nicole and I do do regular ones on there. People post their experiences in there. They talk about recipes. It's a real community. And I think we all, we all like to be part of a community and, and people benefit from being part of a community. So that's another another sort of facet of, uh, of our program. But we're pretty excited about it, Jan. I think you've got something to be proud of. Congratulations on your work. And I guess that the obvious question in, in having been going for a little over 12 months, can you tell us about member success in the program so far? 
Yeah, well, look, we, we, um, we're just embarking on some formal research now, but um, what we did do was we did a survey of our initial cohort of, of people who signed up in the, in the first month, and uh, we did that after three months on the program. Uh, and the results were very encouraging. 63% of people on the program had put their type 2 diabetes into remission. Uh, they'd lost an average of eight kilograms of weight. Most had reduced their medication. Everyone who was on insulin had got off insulin. Um, so the, the results very similar to, to the, the programs I talked about in the UK and the US, which we, you know, we anticipated, but it was always uh, was reassuring to get those results. And as I said, we're just about to embark. In fact, we've had a PhD student commence this week to, uh, to do a proper formal uh, independent research analysis of the Defeat Diabetes Program, and that will uh, that will be over the next uh, 12 to 18 months because we believe that's that's really important for our credibility in the uh, in the sort of medical scientific world. Um, so we're uh, we're putting a fair bit of uh, you know, funding and, and so on into uh, into that that formal research, um, which will be totally independent. But uh, we just did that survey in the meantime, I guess, just to you know, give us reassurance that we're on the right track, and it was very encouraging. Great, good on you both. Nicole and Peter, I'll put this next question to both of you, but I'll start with you, Nicole, if I could. Um, what are some of the attributes of the app that you believe are making it so successful for the members? Yeah, look, um, I think one of the big things um, which a lot of, you know, the, the patients I see is it's just empowering them, number one, with knowledge, um, you know, to understand, you know, how a low-carbohydrate program can actually benefit them uh, in their you know, journey to lowering their blood glucose and putting their type 2 diabetes into remission. So all the lessons and the articles and the masterclasses just gives them so much power to finally understand, you know, how they can do this. And and so many of my, you know, uh, patients that see me just love feeling empowered that they can finally take control of their health. And so many say, you know, um, you know, I wish someone had told me this, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago because um, they get such amazing results, which, you know, within a short period of time, they already start to see, you know, their blood glucose starting to drop. And so that's so empowering to me. I think it's all about, you know, those um, lessons and that knowledge they're taught. I, I think also, um, you know, it's coming from, you know, qualified doctors and dietitians, you know, using science-based information to, to present to them in a, in a format that they understand. Peter already mentioned, um, you know, the, the community support, you know, around the app and people being able to get their information but then communicate with other people through the community, Facebook groups to, um, you know, relay what they're doing and, you know, uh, talk about any problems they're having. I guess also the fact that there's so many great recipes that Defeat Diabetes puts a lot of time and energy into developing on a regular basis. So people just um, are not stuck for ideas and, you know, as a dietitian, educating people on how to live a low-carb life in a practical sense, you know, it's important to have variety. Um, if people are just eating the same thing over again, they get despondent and, you know, they, uh, you know, they crave or look for other options. So all of the great recipes and the community support and the empowerment that people get with the knowledge of how they can take control of their health. And, you know, um, and I guess the, the, the top thing for the app is the fact it's a low-carb science-based program that absolutely puts people's diabetes into remission, which they just, people are just so excited and empowered to, to know that they can do that. So I guess they're the top ones for me that, um, that which is from the feedback uh, that I get from my patients as well as what I see on a daily basis when we implement this low-carb approach 
um, for, you know, putting people's um, diabetes into remission. Great. Thanks, Nicole. Peter, what, uh, have you got any things that you wanted to add to it? I think the, the three basic tenets that I mentioned before was one that it's Australian, you know, it's irrelevant to Australia. It's not, you know, we talk about Vegemite, not Marmite. You know, we, uh, we, it's very Australian. It, secondly, you know, there are lots of celebrity-based programs out there. This is not, this is a uh, doctor and dietitian-led, and and it's also evidence-based. So everything that we have on there is evidence-based. All the evidence actually we've put on the accompanying uh, website, defeatdiabetes.com.au. But uh, so we can now uh, we can, you know, back up everything that we're saying. So I think that the combination of those three things is pretty important. But I think in a way, the, the most important thing is that is that we're giving patients with type 2 diabetes hope. And hope is a really important thing. You know, you've got to have hope in life. I mean, we've always been told and we've always told our patients, that, oh, gee, I'm sorry, Mrs. Jones, you know, you've got type 2 diabetes. And, and you know, we, we talk about it as a chronic progressive disease and, uh, you know, there's no cure and there's no... Uh, you know, we'll just do the best we can to, you know, minimise the complications and so on. But, you know, it's not it's not a chronic progressive disease or it doesn't have to be a chronic progressive disease. And our program and others before us have shown that it doesn't have to be like that. You can put your diabetes into remission. You can reduce your medications. You can get off insulin. You can lose weight, you know, and, and do it, you know, painlessly. Really, it's it's a very easy program to uh, to follow you know, it, it's much easier than a, than a low-calorie program, which will also work in some cases, but it's just not sustainable. You know, I mean, I defy anyone to sort of stick to a 600, 800-calorie-a-day diet for the rest of their lives. I mean, that's that's torture. You know, you, you get hangry. You get hungry and angry. And uh, <laughs> you know, the difference with a, with a low-carb approach is that you're not hungry because you'll be, you know, carbohydrates make you hungry. Fats and proteins uh, fuel you up. So, it's sustainable. And I think that's the other big thing about uh, the low-carb approach. So, you know, I think that that hope is really uh, is really important and probably an underrated uh, feature of uh, of something like this because we're not only giving the, the patients hope, but we're giving the doctors and, 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 and diabetes educators and dietitians hope in that, you know, hey, we really can do something about this. It's not just sort of Band-Aid stuff. We can actually put your diabetes into remission and change your life. I mean... I reckon every second day I get an email from someone saying, you know, thank you, you've changed my life. And that's, you know, that, that's pretty rewarding. That keeps me going, to be honest. And uh, so many people are getting such great results. That, uh, that's what inspires us to keep going. Thanks, Peter. And thank you to both of you once again for your time today. It really has been interesting talking to you and hearing about your project and good luck for the future. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this po podcast. And to obtain CPD credit for the podcast, please go to the ADEA Learning Management System at learning.adea.com.au and complete a feedback evaluation. So until next time, it's goodbye. Thank you.